0: Well, get your Bibles out, church, and I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 again, and I got a, I got a, a fresh off-the-press word I want to give you this morning, not that they aren't always, but I'm going to do a little bit of a review about next week and get into something here that I know is going to bless you. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This is the scripture I read starting this message out last week that I called the right posture for the end times. And from such people turn away. Now, I, Paul wrote this to Timothy. He wrote this, and, and, and he, he said this is what's going to happen in the end times. Okay? I mean, pretty brutal there, right? When you go reading through everything that he says is going to be there. That there's going to be people who have a form of God in this. In other words, they're trying to look good, trying to look godly, but they're denying its power. That it's, it's, it's a works. Hear me? It's a works mentality, a works religion. How many of y'all know that trying to live for God by works does not work? You just try to be good by trying to be good. You just keep reminding yourself to be good. Get your rubber band, put it around your wrist, and pop that thing every time you're thinking about being bad or not doing good. You're just going to end up with a red wrist. It's not going to help you to develop your spiritual man To walk in the things of God. The only way you can do this by the supernatural. By a revelation and an anointing of of God coming and touching your life. Hello? By the power of the Holy Spirit working with you. It's got to be the Holy Spirit that delivers you. You can't deliver yourself. And so it says right here in these last days perilous times are going to come. Well, all you have to do is just look through a little bit of news and know that we're in perilous times, right? we got craziness going on all over the place. we got all kinds of stuff taking place. we got all kinds of things that you would never, ever even have dreamed of or thought of. It's taking place. Amen? I mean, right now... I said this last week, but I want to say it again. My grandparents, you know, uh, they were godly people, godly Baptist people. They loved Jesus, and, and you know, they were from the age they slept in twin beds, and and so going there, in the room they had their twin beds and little deals between them, you know, uh, and 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 right now they would have a heart attack if they just saw some of the commercials. The commercials. Forget about what was on television. I'm talking about the commercials that are out there. Will make your blood curl. And and I know that they would have just, because they were godly people and loved Jesus and and tried to live as righteous as they possibly could. Amen? But I believe with all of my heart that there's a shaking happening. Now, Isaiah 13 13, you can go read it. It says, God's gonna shake this earth, He's gonna shake things up. And I believe there's a shaking coming. But I gotta understand, I wanna, this mess, I'm so excited to preach it, because I gotta tell you something today that, uh, I don't know, it may go against what you've been thinking. All right? But, man, I really believe I'm right. Otherwise, I wouldn't be preaching it. And it's a good word. It's a good word that ought to get you excited. It bears witness so much of my spirit because I'm tired of listening to the prophets of doom and gloom. I'm tired of everybody telling me that the devil's going to win. I'm tired of everybody telling me, you know, this, this, this thing about... America and it's going to fall and there's a great reset and they're tilling all our money and we're going down, down, down in a burning ring of fire. That just is not my Jesus. We win. And the Bible says Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. Well, somewhere the church has got to get glorious. Hear what I'm saying? Somewhere. Because I don't think it's too glorious right now. I'm so tired of hearing people's excuses that they don't want to come to church for what churches have done to people in the past. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you got burned in that church. I'm sorry those Christians were bad representatives of Jesus. But there is a real Christianity. And there's a real church. And there's a real glorious body. And there really are people who are saved and love Jesus and want to do right. Find them. Amen? And so... Isaiah 13, 13 says God's going to do a shaking. And I believe we're feeling some tremors and some shakings. All right? But I just don't believe it may pan out like everybody thinks it's going to. Ephesians five twenty seven says he's coming back for a glorious church. But it's time for the church that we got to rise up. And it's not the church denomination. It's the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the body of Jesus, the believers rising up and being who God called us to be. Folks, I'm telling you, you're not natural. We know you're not normal, but you're also not natural. You're supernatural. Listen to me when I went in that barn and was about to blow my brains out, and I put that pistol down and I called out for Jesus, and he came in and touched my life, I changed. Now, wasn't my flesh got up and said, well, I guess I ought to do this or I guess I ought to do that. No, the spirit of the living God touched me and my Robert Richards, the old man died. I wasn't the same. I got up. It was my, my whole everything was different. My world, my view, my everything changed. Now, I know I had a dramatic conversion experience, but I don't care where you are who you are, if you were raised in church and you came up to the altar when you were eight years old and gave your heart to Jesus, you still sort of had a supernatural experience. My wife can testify being in a Baptist revival in a tent and knew the Spirit of God was calling her. She went to the front as a a young girl. I don't care what your experience was, but that experience was supernatural, right? John chapter 3, Jesus says, Uh, You know, he's talking, he's telling the whole story about being born again in John chapter 3, right? And he says, man, you don't understand it, you can't understand. It's kind of like the wind blowing. But every man must be born again. Have that supernatural experience. Folks, we're talking, Christians are supposed to be supernatural. But we've gotten over and taught, dumbed down, the supernatural experience to where people try to do it by works and a Christian Trying to be good by works is a dangerous person. You say, oh, but pastor, what about the scripture when James' says, faith without works is dead? Well, I'm not talking about actually working by, you know, God working with you and you're moving forward and growing and stuff like that. No, I'm talking about if you're just going to just try to just gut it out, you're not going to make it. Christians have to operate in the supernatural. You have to love supernaturally. You have to forgive supernaturally. You have to give supernatural, what Tracy just said. You've got to do everything by the supernatural. But it's time that Christians wake up and realize that we're not wrestling people. We're wrestling not flesh and blood. We're wrestling principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. That's why I taught the message the, the, you know, the last three weeks ago about dead flies and the ointment. Because I'm telling you, you've got to be quick to discern when the demons are trying to You know, just get you off. And you're listening to that voice. You say, I didn't hear a demon. No demon talked to me. Yeah, all those negative thoughts. All that lying things that said you weren't going to make it. All those discouraging, depressing days. All those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came from a devil. Let's just call it what it is. Let's quit trying to mess around and be all, you know, churchy. Right? Let's just call it what it is. It's a devil. Doesn't mean you're demon-possessed, it just means you got tuned into the wrong channel. Y'all with me? I mean, it's got kind of quiet. Y'all y'all just still sucking air in or what? The only way to defeat the carnal side of man is to crucify it, kill it. But we don't really like doing that. We don't like nailing ourselves up on a cross, right? Because we really want to do everything without any discomfort. Am I right? The older we get, the more we want to be comforted. Hello? Okay. So if we're going to defeat the enemy in our lives and become a glorious church, we're going to have to understand something. we have to first of all understand who you are in Christ. You're going to have to understand who what your authority is in Christ. And you're going to understand what the will of God is. Those are just three things you got to get down. Because it's not about you. Hello? It's about his kingdom. Right? So what I'm saying to you in this message is that went over last week is that if you're not in the proper posture or position to be a part of the glorious church you know if you're if you're in shame and you're walking around with your head down all the time you're not going to see what's coming you're in the wrong posture if every day you're wrestling with guilt every day you're wrestling with anger Every day you're wrestling with unforgiveness. Every day you're mad at everybody because the world hadn't treated you right and done what it's supposed to have done. If that's you, well, then you're not in the posture to be in a battle. You're not in a posture to win. You're in a posture of victim mentality and a posture of defeat. And you're not going to find victory. And I'm telling you, there's a shaking going on. And we got to wake up and shake off that old, that old song we sing. Shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands. Let all God's children praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hello, y'all remember that one? If you remember that song, just give me a hell of up. So okay, we got a few out here. Y'all did children's church with me. <clears throat> so anyway, my point is. We're walking around with these heavy bands on us. We're walking around with these, these yokes on us. We're walking around with all this, this garbage going on in our head. We're so busy thinking about everything else. Plus, then, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness, of riches, and the lust of other things, trying to enter in and choke out the Word. There's these battles going on. But I'm telling you, all you got to do, if you take this message and you take what Jesus is saying to your heart, and you just rise up and throw that junk off, then, when you're like, what? I can do this, but you gotta understand who you are. You've got to understand your authority, and you gotta understand God's kingdom and his plan. All right? And you've got to get yourself postured to walk in it. All right? Now, you ever see two fighters in a fighting ring? You know, they go in there to, 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 to whatever the whatever it is, boxing or you know, MMA or whatever. Nobody goes in there and the other guy stands over in the corner and just hiding, and looking and up like this. No, they get up in each other's face. And they just look, and they just look at each other. I wanna—I don't usually ever promote watching a movie, but I wanna tell you something. I grew up, you know. I was born in 1961. I grew up, and I watched George Foreman win the gold—the the gold medal in the Olympics, and I was always a George Foreman fan, and I loved George Foreman when he got beat by Muhammad Ali. In Zaire, I, I thought it was the end of the world. I, I I cried for days as a young man. I could not believe that that happened. But that he's there's a new movie out about George Foreman's life, and I want to tell you something. You talk about Holy Ghost movie. You talk about at the end of it, the best movie I've seen, and I don't know when. Make you stand up on the edge of your chair, saying, "Come on, Jesus." of what God did in his life to get him to that place. But at what the, after he gets saved and he knows Jesus, he goes up to the fighter and they're looking at each other and he looks at the guy and he says, I love you. And his, his promoter behind him says, don't listen to me. He's trying to get in your head. <laughs> hey, well, that's what I'm saying. You don't go out into the ring to face your opponent and look timid, look weak, Right? Well, you're not going to win and become a glorious church if you don't understand the proper posture you need to be standing in as a child of God. You need to have the devil scared of you. You need to have demons saying, please don't send me to their house. Oh, every time I go over there, they beat me up. That's the posture you need to have. So last week I read Isaiah 6 to you. Uh, You can go back and look at that because i got to move on because i I, I'm not even got to what I want to preach. You you know, I talked to you about you have to understand the spiritual realm, and I'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute. And then the second thing was is that you have to have a heart. Man, Jesus said there's two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor, right? So people are important. All these crazy, crazy fruit loops you see running around, God loves them. He loves them. And he wants to see them come into the kingdom. Amen? And so we got to not position ourselves where we're angry at people. We're just going to have to position yourself where you know what's going on. You're angry at the enemy, the devil behind all of that, and you deal with it. All right? Then the third thing was, as I talked about, you got to be standing for righteousness. Jesus is righteous. Jesus is, has the scepter of righteousness in his right hand. And that he is going to walk in righteousness. So if it's not righteous... He isn't in it. Hello? So now here we go, part two. That was the review. Psalms 144.1. Psalms 144.1. says, blessed be the Lord my God. No, excuse me, I'm reading it out of my head. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Woo! My loving kindness, my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and the one in whom I take refuge who subdues the people under me. Wow. Wow. God's saying he wants to train you for battle. He wants to teach you battle tactics so that you can always be victorious. And the fourth thing here is, the battle tactic you've got to understand is, nothing works but God's word. Nothing works but God's word. There isn't anything else going to work but God's word, not your word. Nothing works but God's word. Why? Because it's truth. You can't stand on something unless it's truth. Now, you are not going to defeat your enemies in life if you don't learn how to take God's word and use it as a weapon. See, people, <clears throat> I'll, I'll listen to me. Uh, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. People get so mixed up. Christians get so mixed up in trying to pray. There's one, and most people just come down to the place where they their conversation with God is nothing but a grocery list. Did y'all hear the one about the husband that the wife sent to the supermarket to uh, get 10 things? And so he had the list. He went down there and he got one box of rice. And then he got two boxes of soup. And then he got three. And then finally he got to the bottom and he got ten of that other item. Thought he was doing good till he got home. Well, that's how we are sometimes on our grocery list. We don't really understand what we're doing. And so we go to God and our only conversation with him is, God, can you help me in this? Can you do this? You know, God, can. we need that, and Lord, can we do this? You know, And, and so it's just aggracious, and then after that, you kind of don't know what to say. <clears throat> this is where most people's prayer life is, okay? I think I've told you before, there there was a, a, a statistic out that said most Christians only play four minutes a day. And so we've got to make a change in that. Well, the, the changes you've got to learn is you've got to learn, in other words, to understand why does praying the Word work? Well, number one is, because it's not your word, it's God's word. Okay? Number two is, according to um, several places, Hebrews 1, 14, uh, Psalms 103, when you speak God's word, then immediately in the supernatural realm, all the angels come into attention because God's word has been spoken. They're not heeding your word. They're heeding God's word. So when you begin to learn to, by your 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 revelation that you're praying god's word you're speaking god's word out in prayer form the angels become very attentive to that and angels start moving on your behalf now i'm going to teach a message here at some point i don't know when but at some point i'm going to teach a message to you about angels because i believe in these last days we're going to see a lot more of angels uh you know moving and manifesting and and uh but I, I don't want to get into a whole bunch of it today because I've got to get down to the end of the message. I have something I'm trying to get to, and I'm spending a lot of time around everywhere else. So, But you got to understand something. The word, God's word spoken out of your mouth. Let me give you a few examples, okay? Um, <clears throat> let me give you a few examples. Like every day you should be saying out of your mouth, Lord, according to Ephesians 1-3, I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's what Ephesians 1-3 says. If you're announcing out of your mouth and declaring you are blessed, you may be the poorest, I mean, digging change out of the, the from the, between the seats, and but you need to be sent up saying, Lord, I declare I am blessed. Your word says I am blessed. I am blessed. According to Ephesians 1-3, it says I am blessed in heavenly places. Immediately angels going to act. A- into active mode and saying, okay, well, God said he's blessed, and so we got to get blessings over there. How about Psalms 121 5? The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is a shade at your right hand. That's been my scripture through the last 15 days of this heat. Lord, be the shade at my right hand. But this needs to be, Lord, you're my keeper. You're my keeper. You say, well, Robert, what good does it do to say that? Everything in the supernatural works on God's word. Once you get God's word coming out of your mouth over your life and your family, you're you're assuming and and taking your position and your posture as a child of God on the face of this earth, you're loosing into the spiritual realm and activity is starting to take place. You see, some Christians have gotten it wrong because they're like, they like they take a focal point of, okay, we need to pray about this. And so then they start praying about it. And their prayer sounds something like this. Father, I just thank you right now. You know, we got too many drug addicts in 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 in, in town. And so we're going to have to, you know, I would just pray against those drug addicts and that they're going to come to know you, Jesus. And, you know, and that's kind of, it's, it's a, but no, no, no. You got to get behind the root of the problem. Of why are there drug addicts? Why are people turning to drugs and stealing and whatever you got to go past it you got to look bigger you got to take that position so father i now just take authority over our town right now in jesus name your word says that that according to Ephesians 1 and 17 that the eyes of their understanding are going to be enlightened so lord open their understanding today that they might see you jesus devil i rebuke you in the name of jesus you don't have the authority over them because they've been bought by the blood of jesus See, you got to change the way. All of a sudden, the devil's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't be throwing no word around." I want to hear your word. Angels immediately come to attention. I read a book a long time ago, long, 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 long time ago, and uh, and I never forgot it. This one portion of the book, I forgot the name, I forgot the author, but I did not forget this story. They, apparently, and she said it was a, it was a a, a lady. And she died and she went to heaven. And she said that she saw these angels standing there lined up and they had dust on them and cobwebs. And she said, Lord, what are those? And he says, that's all the assistance the Christians could have had, but they never asked for it. And it just hit me. I said, oh, my goodness. I don't want to have angels that were there working for me that I could have, you know, done this. and Right? I want everything active. I want everything going. So when you start speaking the word, man, things start happening in the supernatural. Okay? How about Luke 2 and 52? It says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in the favor of God and men. Do you want to increase in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man? Well, if you do, then you need to pray in that out of your mouth. How about John 6, 68? Peter said, Lord, where are we going to go? You're the only one that has the words to eternal life. When that comes out of your mouth, when you stand up and you say, Father, I thank you right now that Jesus, you 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 spoke it, you, you're the only one that have words to eternal life. All of a sudden, something starts happening on your behalf. Too many Christians are going to the throne and just begging God for something when God's already set it all up and we're not doing anything. The fifth thing, listen, is that we have to become worshipers of God. Now, now, now hear me on this one. Yes, there are people that are blessed, that should be on the worship team, that are, are, are you know, singing voices and musically and all that kind of stuff like that. Yes, that's part of it. But a worshiper of God is someone who's looking at God as his source. And their heart is, God, I worship you and I worship you only. I am not going to be led astray. I am not going to be pressured into this. I am a worshiper of God. You see, I love it in this battle that's going on in, in, in America right now. It's all over the world, but we're dealing with it here. I love it because the battle is all based upon battle lines right here. Is this Bible true or not? That's it. And all I have to do is read it. It says right here. Matter of fact, don't make any difference what translation you read in. all basically says the same thing. And this is what I'm going to believe in, and this is where I stand. And so I'm a worshiper of God. In doing that, you are a worshiper of God. It's not the great singing you did. I mean, that's great. If you can, great. But if, I mean, you know, like windows start to crack, and the dogs howling, and... Stuff like this. Well, you should stick to just the word and just worshiping and just speaking out of your mouth and just you know maybe don't go into any song, right? But you got to understand, 1 Timothy two eight, it says, "I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting." Men, I want to talk to you about this, because what's going on and everybody keeps talking about this, that there is a a, a, a failing in the in the in the husband or the man side of families right now, that that's what's failing. It's kind of interesting because they're saying that's what's failing, but then the other side is saying the problem is, you know, uh, male masculinity, and they're trying to kill that. So it's a real messed up situation. But absentee fathers, all right, is what's a large problem amongst the teenagers or the young people in the world, absentee fathers. Now listen to me. Men... I grew up around hard men. I did. My father, my father, you know, he had his relationship with God. and But he was old school rancher. And so I was around old school ranchers. And I man, I saw some things. I mean, they were hard men. They're, they're literally, this really makes me sound old. But when as a child, I used to go with my father everywhere. And we would go to the cafe. And still there were men in those days that had herded cattle all the way up on long hauls out into Kansas and stuff like that from here. And I got to sit there with them. Now, these guys were salty, being kind here. They're tough hombres, man. You're going to go from here to Kansas on a horseback and drive a bunch of cattle, all right? So my point is, my, my concept of masculinity came from that. All right, but the true—listen to me—the true person, the true Christian. Because when I got saved, I had no problem lifting up my hands and worshiping God. When I caught hold of the revelation, what it was all about, nobody could tell me to do it, but I'd do it. Had some issues I had to work out in my life. I didn't like people telling me lift up my hands, lift up my hand when I won't lift up my hand. But I'd go lift up my hands to the Lord as long as nobody told me to. So I had some things had to work out, okay? But my point being, we have to be the kind of people who surrender to the Lord. And man, we gotta be people here in these last days when, when things are going looking haywire and there's a shaking going on, nobody knows what to do. You need to be able to lift up your hand and say, hey, hold on a minute. Listen to me, we serve the Lord God. And Him is the only one we're serving. And so... We're going to do what the word says. That's it. Just stop what you're doing. I'm telling you, that's a worshiper of God. Now, I'm going to give you one of my favorite scriptures. Genesis 24, 40. Abraham. Abraham had a servant and he sent him off to find a wife for his son. And this is what the servant said about Abraham. Genesis 24 and 40. He said, but he said to me, the Lord... Before whom I walk will send his angel with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife from my son, from my, from my family, and from his house. But one day I was reading this in the Amplified Version. And it says it this way. He said to me, the Lord before whom I walk habitually. And when I read that, I just like, wow, that's what I want said about me. He walks before God habitually. Habitually, it's my habit to walk before God. Hello? You know, we have habits, and the majority of them are bad habits. Right? But why not be known as a person who walks before God habitually? Wow. And so I always memorized that scripture and had it there and said, Lord, that's what I want to be. I want to be a man of God who walks before you. It's my habit. It's habitually. It's going to come out of me. Habits, you do habits. Because they're ingrained in you, and you just automatically respond and do them. So why not walk in with your God? Be that way. As soon as you hear the gossip going on, you say, No, 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 no. That's not right. As soon as some craziness going on, you stand up and you say, No, 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 no. I'm lifting up my hand on this one. I'm telling you, this isn't the way it's going. We're going to follow the Word of God. End of story. You see, Christians have argued so much about how much water we're going to use, how much, you know, how does the praise and worship go, Uh, you know, do we sit in pews or chairs or, you know, whatever. And we've argued that stuff so much that Christians have gotten turned off. But the thing that we need to not be doing is arguing, just going to the Word and saying, what does the Word say? The Word says it, we do it. Okay, the sixth thing, the sixth thing that you got to know. Okay, which is what I talked to just a minute ago about prayer. You've got to understand that prayer is your answer. Prayer is your relationship. Prayer is everything. All right? Prayer is, is your relationship. It's not, it's not a set time that you go and pray and a set time that you just say, oh, okay, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes, and then you're just looking at your watch. Okay, it's been 15. Okay, what else can I think up to say? No, it's a relationship. It's going, going I mean, like if you have a friend and you say, hey, let's have a lunch. And so you go to lunch. And then you, you, you went at 12. And then you happen to look down at your watch after a long period of time. And you wonder why the waitress is acting strange. And everybody's looking at you funny. And you look at us say, oh, my gosh, we've been talking for an hour and a half. Well, you did that because you were having a good time, right? You're enjoying the conversations going on. You're not watching time saying, okay, I can only stand to be with you so much longer. Right? It's not until you notice that everybody's wanting your table. And they're wanting you to clean up so they can go. That's the kind of that's how your prayer life should be. Okay, so now I'm, I'm getting close to where I want to be. The seventh thing is, are you going to be available? Part of this positioning is a positioning, yes, of ready to go to war, but also are you available? Hear what I'm saying. Sometimes we get distracted by everything going on. We're so distracted by everything taking place and everything going on, that we we make ourselves unavailable to the Lord to even be used, you miss that divine appointment that day at you know when you went down to the feed store to pick up some some feed, you miss it because the person that you were supposed to have prayed for, you were too busy because you had to hurry up and get back to the house and get back to work or whatever. You see, we got to make ourselves available. Look at the person beside you; he must be talking to you. I'm I'm always available. I'm always here. The scripture for that, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We've got to be consistent, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, I want to tell you something. This is something you have to train yourself to do because I myself can get caught up in the things I think I need to get accomplished for the day and, and miss opportunities are cut opportunities short. It happens to all of us, all right? But the main thing is you just got to make yourself available. You got to be willing to get up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, I just trust you to order my steps, prepare my ways, and so you want to, whatever you want to do with me, just bring it to my attention. I'm, I'm, I'm making myself available to you. And then Go. It's not like you have to stop and say, "Okay, is that the right place to put on foot? Is that is that the right place?" No, no. You just then you're walking, you're going. Well, why not? Because Acts one and eight says that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You should be a person of power. You should be a person that people want to run into because you've got an answer. It's Jesus. You can pray, folks. Can you imagine? What a glorious church looks like and how much a glorious church could affect this world and what's going on when people, you know, are out there, the ones that are hurting and all, and you get in the middle of them and just start praying for people and miracles start happening, things start happening, people start coming to the Lord and revival starts. I'm telling you, why can't the great big, why can't the big reset they're talking about be a big reset for Christianity? See, I, I and I'm, you know, I'm not going to argue with, about this, you know, because everybody has their own thinking about the. The rapture of the church, and and, and you know how is it going to happen? Is it in pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, trib-trib, under the trib, down the trib? You know how is God going to do this? All going of stuff like this. But there's one scripture that's always always spoken to me, and I'm just saying this is that Seth Robert. I mean, it, I, I believe it's the Holy Ghost, but it's up to interpretation because I'm just telling you, Jesus said when He comes back, He's coming back like a thief in the night, right? Well, if it's a thief in the night, they ain't nobody expecting it. So why not have a glorious church? Why not go out? They want a, They want a big bang? Well, give them a big bang. Go out with the church's full, overflowing miracle signs, wonders happening. And Jesus said, okay, I, that's a glorious church. We can take them. I'm tired of hearing it. Listen, folks, I'm just telling you. you, you I, I'm not saying that. Hard times aren't coming upon us, hard times are already on us. I heard a report that said that what you could buy two years ago for $860 now costs you a thousand. That's how much inflation has already taken over. It's how much we've already lost in, in in I mean, just go to the grocery store. Okay? You gotta say nothing else. But my point is I'm not saying hard times may not come, but why shouldn't we go through it gloriously? I'm not gonna, I don't want to be defeated. I don't, want, I don't want to see that. It's not in my heart. It's not in the nature of God on the inside of me. I say, I say the big reset goes the other way. They think they're going to flip the switch this way, and it went the other way. And the church rises up and becomes a glorious church. And the fear of God starts flowing in people, and people quit going down the streets and protesting and doing the stupid things that they're doing because the fear of God's upon cities. It's happened before. It's happened in America before. So why could there not be? i tell you why. Because Christians won't rise up and be the men and women of God they're called to be. God's got to have somebody He can use. He needs us to be available to go in the middle of school board meetings, hospitals, law enforcement, the feed store, the cafe, the whatever, and be the men and women of God that He called us to be because we're available to be used by God because we're supernatural. Which brings me to the last thing. Years ago, I, I wrote this prayer up. It's, it can be a prayer. It can be a scripture card. I don't know how you want to say it. I'm calling it a prayer. And I have these. They're on the back little tables. So when you go out, you can pick one up. Some of you all already have one because I did this years ago. But the A thing is you have to learn to be a vessel for God's service. 2 Timothy 2 and 20 says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but they are also of wood and of clay, some of honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master's, for the master, prepared for every good work. Do you realize that he said vessels have to be cleaned? The only, the only thing God doesn't like doing or won't do, let me put it this way, the only thing God won't do is he won't use a dirty vessel. He wants a clean vessel. There's nothing going to clean you. It ain't going to be Gojo. It ain't going to be Dawn soap. I'm going to be a bar dove. The only it's going to clean you is the blood of Jesus. And the only way the blood of Jesus is going to you is if you make Jesus Christ the Lord and save your life. Amen? So then you become a vessel that God could use and he could fill. And this prayer I, I wrote up that I want you to, to take, and I want you to stuck in, you can stick it in your Bible, use it a bookmark. It says, Lord, grant me the grace to do your will, the vision to see your plans, the wisdom to handle the responsibility you have entrusted to me, the mind of Christ that I will walk in your ways. Use me as a vessel of your spirit, hands to do your work, and a mouth to speak your word, that I might advance your kingdom on the earth, that I might bring glory to your name. And so the last thing here and what I feel like is so important this morning is that you understand that you are a vessel of the Spirit of God. We are to be vessels. What you're doing is you're just a jug carrying Jesus from one place to the next. I pray this prayer all the time, but I especially pray this prayer on Sunday morning. And I'm driving in and I said, Lord, I just want to be a vessel of your Spirit. Hands to do your work and the mouth, speak your word. It's going to be bad if you're not here. Robert's got nothing to say. If you're not showing up, let's call it a night right here. But see, all of a sudden you realize you're the vessel that's carrying the Spirit of God because you're a supernatural being. You're carrying the Spirit of God everywhere you go. And God is with you and He's he wants to flow through you and he wants to come out of you. But it's not going to work unless you want to be A vessel. But if you catch this revelation and you start making it a part of your prayer life every day to say, Lord, I want to be a vessel of your spirit. Lord, make me a vessel of your spirit. Fill me today. Let me leave my house and go to my job and be a light in the midst of a a crooked and dark place. Folks, I believe then the church will rise up. I'm not talking about just this church. I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ. will start to rise up and become a glorious church. Amen? I'm telling you, God is doing big things around the world. Do not believe what you see on the news. God is doing great things. There's there's revival, there's people being saved, ministry going on all over the world. God is not dead, but he is alive. Don't buy into this thing that we're going down, down, down. I say we're going up, up, up. I say that God's going to move and do something great. I say that we're right on just the very edge, the very precipice of, of the shaking of God just moving us into a glorious place. And if we get in the right posture, you're going to see glory. Quit eating the dead flies, letting the dead flies bother you, tell the devil to get out, and then watch what Jesus can do for you. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet if you would. Can I have my prayer team come down, please? I just want you to know, church, <clears throat> and everyone out there watching, listen. Man, these are exciting times. Don't get discouraged. We are, on, we are just on the edge of seeing, I mean, history in the making. And I don't know about you, but I want to be, be walking with God. I don't care where my position is. I'm not looking to, like, preeminence. I just want to be fulfilling the destiny upon my life. And I'm telling you, Jesus wants you in his service. He wants you to be a vessel of his spirit. He wants you every day to be calling out upon him and saying, Lord, fill me so I can go into the midst of a dark world. Folks, if we don't do something, who is going to? Who's going to? So I want to pray for you right now. You can pick up these little prayer cards in the back back there as you're leaving. It's going to be on the, the, you know, the websites and stuff for all of y'all out there. But I just want to tell you something, man, I'm excited. I am not discouraged. I'm encouraged. Amen. I'm encouraged, and I'm telling you what, I still believe that y'all are the greatest people on the face of the earth. I still believe God called each and every one of you to be here. I still believe with all of my heart that you have an intricate part in playing in everything that's going to take place in this valley and the next valley and the next valley and all over this area of South Texas. I believe it. I hope you do. I believe it. I believe each and every one of you. God's going to use. And what, what, what's going to be so funny about it is I just can't wait to see how he does it. Because I don't believe everything in, the, in the, the, these, these last days are going to be so uh, uh, religiously decent and in order. I believe God's going to do what God's going to do. Amen? So let me pray for you. Father, I just believe you right now. Lord, I believe you that these people that I'm talking to, these that are hearing the sound of my voice, are people who want to be a part of the end time move of God, that want to be a part of the glorious church. It's a remnant, Lord God, rising up and saying, Lord, <clears throat> we want to be vessels of your spirit, hands to do your work and a mouth to speak your word. Lord, I pray today that people watching and listening, that they they, they hear, Lord God, your voice speaking to them, that they 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 can see wherever the trap is, the enemy has entangled them and break free of those bonds and those chains to be the person that you called them to be. Lord, I just declare you were were the ultimate winner. The devil thought he had you defeated in the grave, thought it was over, with roll the stone, but never figured in the resurrection. So, Lord, I just believe for resurrection power in everybody's life moving and flowing, and that, Lord, in the days ahead, you'll just continue to give us wisdom and revelation. You'll continue just to show us all the things that, that we need to walk in and what we need to do. Now, Lord, I just believe you for every person out there today that's discouraged, that, Lord, you break that, those yokes off of them in the name of Jesus, and that this day the light of the gospel shines into their hearts, and, Lord, they see it. They see it because it's supernatural. Lord, I thank you for angels being dispatched and working on the behalf of everyone here, everyone listening. And I just declare, Lord, we're going to see great and mighty things, great and mighty things. And Lord, we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Church, God bless you. We're here up front to pray with you if you need anything. God bless you.